0: This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour report recorded on Friday, February 10th, 2023. I'm Mark Bolan. In the report this week, how the UK government is trying to destroy the right to strike. What can be done to encourage racialized women to work in their union. And singing...
1: A woman's place Is in her union, we organize and stand for equal rights, hardships and discrimination, ongoing battles we continue to fight.
0: This is Radio Labor. In the United Kingdom, hundreds of thousands of workers have been striking. Many more have taken strike votes in support of their bargaining committees. The country's conservative government has been underfunding public services for years. It has responded to the actions by nurses, rail workers, education staff, ambulance drivers, and others by instigating legislation which would destroy the right to strike. The legislation would force unions to negotiate a minimum number of workers who would have to stay on the job during a strike. That would make any strike ineffective. The British Trades Union Congress has released a number of videos featuring workers involved in the strike actions. The TUC represents some 5.5 million members in 48 unions. Here are some of the workers who are demanding that the government fund public services adequately and pay public employees decently
2: firefighters,
3: paramedics and teachers,
2: civil servants, transport workers.
3: I have a message for the Prime Minister.
2: Why are you threatening our jobs?
3: I remember when you clapped for us.
2: When you thanked us for working through the pandemic.
3: For keeping the country running.
2: But how did you reward us?
3: With falling pay.
2: Prime Minister, you studied business.
3: So let me explain this in business terms.
2: We're facing massive staff shortages.
3: If our pay is falling.
2: During a cost of living crisis.
3: Whilst inflation is over 10%.
2: How will we bring in the staff necessary
3: to keep our public services running.
2: So we tried to talk about it with you.
3: To find a solution together.
2: But you refused to meet and to budge.
3: So as a last result, we've gone on strike.
2: But now you even want to take that away from us.
3: You want to take away our democratic right to strike.
2: You want to force us to work on a strike day.
3: And sack us if we don't.
2: Prime Minister, we're telling you now
3: that we're going to fight your anti-strike laws every step of the way
2: win
0: our pay rise too. The underfunding of public services has been especially acute in the country's ambulance services. Here is one of the ambulance paramedics who is fighting for decent pay and the ambulance
4: services the public deserves. We are experiencing a new pandemic. It's not a disease and it's not a virus. It's a pandemic of underfunding. Staff, staff, are at their wits end. Staff see no hope, no light at the end of the tunnel. The ballot paper was about pay but the vote is very much about the conditions that staff experience in their working lives day in day out. The reduction of staff that we experience because poor pay leads to attrition, the difficulty we've experienced in recruitment, all contributes to the difficulties ambulance staff see in their roles when they turn up for work. Patients waiting excessive amount of hours to get into a hospital. Patients waiting horrible amounts of hours in the community who can't even get an ambulance. This is an underfunding disaster. It's a situation that's not only harmful to patients, It's a situation that's harmful to staff and members of our union. And that's why they voted for strike action. That's why many of them are leaving month after month after month. Over the last 12 years, on average, ambulance workers have received a 20% pay cut. That's effectively being asked to work five days for four days' pay. This funding crisis has to be addressed and the money has to be found.
5: I'm speaking as a, as a black woman, uh, racialized women, immigrant women will see that leadership continues to be centered in whiteness, white male leaders. That continues to be the, the model or the, or the standard. So we're still having to fight
0: Karen Brown is the president of the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario. Ontario is a province in Canada. The ETFO represents 83,000 public elementary school teachers, occasional teachers, and childhood educators. She has been acknowledged as leading struggles for quality public education in the province and equal treatment for racialized workers. She has said that education is a great equalizer. I asked her why she thinks this is so.
5: Education is a great equalizer because it provides Access to to quality education. It's an opportunity for everyone to have a successful outcome. Once you start to look at removing some barriers, if we're looking at black and marginalized students, if we look at removing the barriers of streaming, the barriers of stereotyping, low expectations, deficit thinking around a particular community group, we see that given the, the same opportunities to succeed as others with the same foundations of a good education, that early learning, setting that foundation of equality and expectations, expectations of success. What we see are um, employment outcomes that are uh, advantageous, we see health outcomes that are better. And we see those who had a higher income level, we see that their overall quality of life and accessibility to a variety of factors is different, is at a higher level. So when you're talking about, you know, looking at education and looking at education from a, an anti-oppressive framework, we see that when you you approach it from that lens and these factors are, are mitigated or reduced or there's things built into to remove these barriers. We see a, a great opportunity for everyone to succeed. So, when you talk about it, it's, it's the equalizer. It's, it, it really is those foundations when you're looking at K to three, you're looking at numeracy and literacy. Uh, once our, our students have those basic fundamentals, it opens the door, as I said, to employment, entrepreneurship, uh, business, family. Dynamics there, you know. The research has shown uh, the outcomes for for that investment is significantly great when we put that investment for everyone.
0: What would you say to young women who are thinking of being involved in their union?
5: Well, for young women, I would say, you know, there there continues to be barriers, barriers that need to be broken down. Um, We haven't fully made it yet, but it's a great opportunity to open the door. For other women, and to pave a way for other women to to learn whatever uh, career or whatever profession that they are in, whatever trade or skill that they are um, moving in. I think as a as a leader within a, a union, I I would um, encourage women to find an area of passion that they want to to pursue and to 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 move in that particular uh, particular area. We still have many challenges when we talk about leadership. Leadership continues to be very much, I'm speaking as a, as a Black woman, uh, racialized women, immigrant women will see this that leadership continues to be centered in uh, whiteness, while male white male leaders that continues to be the, I guess uh, the the model or the or the standard. So we're still having to fight those sorts of stereotypes where we're still questioned about our, our experience about our knowledge, about our ability, about our decision making. So women are still encountering those issues of misogyny, uh, dis- discrimination, patriarchy. Uh, it continues to be there in the, in the union, but there are many who are, who are working to help to remove those barriers. Uh, so part of it, I encourage them to find those particular allies within the union. And to believe that they can. If they believe that they can make a difference, they will make a difference. Uh, Oftentimes someone might say, uh, you know, you're, you're too young or you're, you're, you're too old. It's, it's time to, to retire. You need a bit more experience. I think your, your passion and your vision will speak for itself as a young woman wanting to engage in, in the union. I think what I'd also tell them is not to to limit their concept of what leadership looks like. You don't have to necessarily uh, be the president or the vice president. You can lead in many ways in, in my union you can be leading as a workshop presenter, sitting on a a committee, whether you're leading at the bargaining table, maybe you're leading in the area of health and safety. So there are many opportunities. And I think I said before, is to, to find that area of passion and to pursue it.
0: Now here is Union Nation with A Woman's Place.
1: And discrimination Ongoing battles we continue to fight Dedicated to get the job Only you can depend. I'll lift you up when you need a helping hand. Walk with me, brothers and sisters in this nation. Let the world know about our situations. We'll overcome all the evils in the workplace and make this world better. And stand for equal rights Hardships and discrimination Ongoing
0: And that's it. Labor news you can use. You can listen to our daily newscasts and features at radiolabor.net. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.